Hello, everybody. Welcome to the delayed, never made varsity podcast. Delayed, but here. <laughs> you still got it. Did you die? No. <laughs> My name's Dave Rivera, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. I can actually hear what we're saying this week. <laughs> I know it's fantastic. Echo, echo, it's fantastic. Echo. Tastic, tastic, tastic. <laughs> 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 I have a working soundboard. Oh, it'll be glorious. I will abuse it very much during this show. I have turned down the head coaching job at Tennessee, and I'm Aaron. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. I have also turned down the head coaching job at Tennessee, and you can find me on Twitter at... Kobe Complaints, all in word. <laughs> Hello, my name's Maverick, and I, too, have declined the head coaching position at the University of Tennessee. But in other words, you can find me on Twitter at heartbreak 2 underscores kid. I actually accepted the job at Tennessee, but the uh, <laughs> fan base got up in arms on Twitter, and so I, uh, <laughs> I got fired before I started. And, uh, but they still owe me like $20 million, so. Oh, they put it up to a Twitter poll, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. So, last week's trivia question, I don't remember it verbatim, but more or less, there are... (laughs) We're good, we're good. (laughs) Do you need a paper towel? Perhaps. I'm going to go get a paper towel. Y'all keep going. Colby just, like, spilled his water bottle everywhere. Uh, They are... Here. Hey, kid. Catch. (laughs) So demeaning. So, anyways... Last week, our trivia question, if you could understand it, was there are four college, Division I college basketball teams who the name of their school is a color. The correct answers were Auburn, Siena, Liberty, and Brown. Michael Coe, it's either at Michael Coe 1995 or 95, I don't remember. Whatever it is, you got it. You already got your hug from me, so congrats. And Paul, Liberty is not a color. It's a statue. You just said, you said Liberty. Liberty. You said Liberty was correct. Sorry. <laughs> I, the correct answers were Auburn, Sienna, Navy, and Brown. There it not is. Liberty. At Paul. Not Liberty. Liberty's not a color. Liberty is a statue. <laughs> well. And with that. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait, for, we'll wait for you, Kobe. We'll wait. This. This will probably continue on on Twitter. Paul's going to hear this, and we're going to have more discussion. Good enough. We're waiting for you, Somebody going to talk? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not complete. You're the one that usually gives it direction. Yeah. You're like our moderator. Is this what's going to happen when one day I can't make a show? (laughs) You're just going to sit around looking at each other? We're just going to pause until we all die. Because you're not going to go We're on. We're going to have anticipation. Talk about college football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Paul. <laughs> Hot take alert. Hot take <laughs> alert. Yeah, just a warning for y'all. This is going to be a long segment. <laughs> so the uh, college football playoff committee, in all their infinite wisdom, came out with their final rankings and... Uh, the first three were expected. You got Clemson because they beat the brakes off of uh, Miami. You could say that they got the, the belt. belt. <laughs> the belt. <laughs> uh, then Oklahoma uh, beat TCU. Was it TCU? Yes. yes. Yeah, Oklahoma beat TCU, so they retained their second spot. 
and then in the upset that I or the, in an upset that I thought was an upset, uh, I thought Auburn was going to beat Georgia again, but Georgia uh, clobbered Auburn. Molly whopped. Molly whopped, boy. They tabled the turns, as they say. Yeah. So so Georgia's number three at twelve and one, and you would think that because of all the previous years and how big of a deal that conference championships were to the committee. That's not entirely true because of last year, but I also didn't agree with what happened last year. I didn't agree what happened last year there, but anyway. But go on. Basically, Ohio State beats an undefeated Wisconsin team, and they don't get put in over Alabama. So now the college football playoffs are, it's Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, with Ohio State at five. And I was so pissed because I'm really, really sick and tired of Alabama getting babied and just getting put on this pedestal for absolutely no reason. The argument that some people have is that, okay, so Ohio State has that loss to Iowa. It was like a 33-point loss to Iowa, an unranked Iowa team. And that's I like that's a valid point. They did lose to that. However... Do you just ignore the re- like if they had scheduled? I think you you said if you scheduled Mercer, the, Mercer. One of the yeah, one of the main things that I've been thinking the past couple of days is that if Ohio State schedules Mercer instead of Oklahoma and beats them down like what would be expected, then they make the playoff over Alabama, and yeah. that's just outrageous that you're rewarding a team for scheduling a week out of conference schedule. So you have an Alabama team who has had an, an abysmal schedule this year. And not all of it is their fault because they thought Florida State, we all thought that Florida State was going to be much better this year. We also thought they'd have better than a high school quarterback. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. You know, but at the, at the end of the day, it, you know, Ohio State has the better wins, in my opinion. If they lost to an Oklahoma team that is in the playoffs right now, they're at the number two spot. And they have the one bad loss to Iowa, but then they outscore all their opponents. I think it was like 103 to something like to like uh, like 30 or something. At the end of the season, Ohio State looked overwhelming. Yeah. It, they, they, I just don't understand this committee. And I, I, it's just getting to a point where it's getting more frustrating than enjoyable. Ohio watching. State's third best win is better by ranking than Alabama's best win. So what, like, I, I just don't get it. So last year, the argument in favor of Ohio State over Penn State is that Penn State beat them on what could be considered a fluke touchdown at Penn State. And Ohio State had other huge wins over Michigan and over Oklahoma, which like that reasoning makes some sense, in my opinion, even if Penn State had the head to head and the conference championship. But this year, Ohio State over Alabama had the big wins. They had the conference championship. They had the number of FBS teams scheduled. They played two more FBS teams than Alabama. I, that's that's the big one. Yeah. They played 13 FBS games. Alabama played 11. You're rewarding a school for scheduling Mercer, who is essentially little sisters of the poor, <laughs> the week before your biggest game of the season. Hey, they beat Duke in basketball, though. So we love Mercer. That doesn't mean they're not little sisters of the poor. And then, but like, and then you have 
Ohio State who or in, and you have Alabama who doesn't make their their conference championship game. And so you have Georgia who won the the SEC. But then you have Ohio State that won the Big 10 and it's like, "Oh, we'll just put you a 5. You have the better wins." Like and I just think there's can there not be such a thing as an anomaly like for the with the Iowa game? Like is it is it like I just don't want to, I th- I just don't understand. Like if I'm flabbergasted and I had never used the word flabbergasted. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. I personally go back to the idea of the strength of schedule. And like you're saying, Ohio State had played 13 FBS games, whereas Alabama had only played 11. And I remember two years ago, especially on our great run uh, in 2015, where we went 11-1, and our biggest knock in the playoff committee was the fact that we had two FCS opponents. And now it seems like... Not our just, fault, Ohio State. Yeah, but at the, <laughs> and so it's, there's different... It's inconsistent in different years. I mean, there's still things that they're trying to focus on, but there's still inconsistencies, and it's only by what's salient from year to year. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but at the same time, uh, it's just what's the playoff committee looking at? How do y'all feel about expanding the playoff? I hate it. Why? I because also do not am not in favor of expanding the playoff. If you expand it to eight teams, which I think is the only logical expansion, I don't think six would make sense. I think that six could work. I would do. I don't think six makes sense because then you're giving teams a buy, which I think is pretty unfair. But also, I think this year Clemson and Oklahoma deserve a buy. Yeah. <laughs> Anything Georgia doesn't. I think if there was a year for like the BCS to be a thing, like I'd be fine with. Clemson and Oklahoma just go ahead and shoot. But could you not just take? Could you game? not take all the co- the Power Five conference champions in a wild card? A wild card. And UCF with a one handed line. No, I, 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 I don't like the conference champions guaranteed bid because then let go on because I need to pull up who the conference championship games were last year because I remember that it would have been an awful playoff. I would in be that potentially event. in favor of a, of a wild card for the fourth spot even. And then going, and then you set the four teams from there. So wait, wait, wait. So you said, how would you pick the first three teams? I mean, you pick the th- three teams, and because we're often looking at that fifth or sixth team, mm-hmm. and so like you would just extend it to the fifth, the uh, the two teams, like who the fourth and fifth teams would play and have a wild card for the fourth spot. Ah, okay, I see what you're talking about now. Okay, so last season, if you have automatic bids from each conference then the five conference champions if all the games go the other way you'd have virginia tech west virginia wisconsin colorado and florida But the games didn't go the other way but i'm saying that it very well could have and that's an awful playoff so who won Clemson, Oklahoma, Penn State, Washington, Alabama. Yeah, that sounds great you, to me. That's a terrible <laughs> argument. And that's a great playoff. If they, if they had went the other well, way. Well, I'm saying that every most conferences have an awful division. And but if you're say, gonna, an, say the team from that division has an upset, you really want a playoff of Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Colorado, Florida? I don't. But that's, a, that's assuming that all of them are upsets. So I don't understand. I, I'm not quite grasping this argument because you're assuming that the worst team would win. Like you're assuming, like you're assuming worst case scenario, pretty much. And if that were to happen, oh well, it'll be just like the yeah. George Mason, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I'll then, the then you have Clemson, Alabama, 
or Washington, who all made the playoff last year, one of them has to get left out. Wait, no. I thought we were talking well, about five in the wild card. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Or you could do five if we're, if we're doing... So two of them has to get left out then. So you could do five in a wild card. If you expand it to eight, you could do five, give uh, two, like, uh, to non-conference champions, and then you could have an like a wild card. Three week, three extra weeks of football is a lot. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I mean, do these teams want to be in the playoff or not? Three extra weeks of football is a lot on people's bodies. I mean, I definitely, if they, I would say it though, at the same time, if the uh, committee were to bring, propose this idea, I feel like it, they would immediately go back to the four because, it, like you're saying, it's going to, do they really want to make the playoff? Does it, I mean, does that matter to them? I, I think it will expand to eight, but I don't think it's a good idea. I think it devalues the regular season way too much because if you have an eight team playoff, then this year you have a three-loss team in the playoff. Do you really think that Auburn is the best team this in the country? Auburn, this Auburn team, I, I think well, you can make an argument. I if, think they if could they beat anybody. Run, but if they can beat anybody, they beat, they I think... They beat the number one team twice. They beat Georgia when they were ranked number one, and they beat Alabama, Alabama when they were ranked number one. And I think that... I would have no problem with Alabama or with Auburn in an eight-team playoff. I think that... Expanding the playoff, no matter how many teams you're at, whether it's 4, 8, 16, 32, Someone's 64, gonna you're always going to have that one extra school this year. It's Penn State, Miami, UCF. Miami doesn't need to be in the playoff. What does a G5 team have to do to... I don't know. That's a, do you want to talk about UCF? I do want to talk about UCF. Okay. Here's the thing. They're, they are straight up getting I disrespected. I want justice for UCF. They are straight up getting disrespected. Nobody... Okay. They're... I don't think a G5 team can make the playoff. Nobody's going to schedule them. So their strength of schedule is going to suck because nobody wants to play them. Yeah. Do you want Carolina to play UCF next year? No. I don't. I mean, look at this <laughs> from they a, beat the brakes <laughs> off of us. Look at this from the perspective of an Ohio State. Who They're not going to want to schedule teams like that, especially now when it seems like it's important who they're scheduling. And a loss like that could potentially derail the entire season. So I think it's a really good point. Well, do you was, think that sorry, team, did you think teams wanted to play Boise State when they went on their run or Hawaii when they went on their run? No. And that was another thing is you were talking about like when scheduling matters, but like does it matter? Because apparently if like if you're Alabama, it doesn't matter. Like and not even like like I just don't understand how you could like how like I guess I can kind of see their logic with the with the Iowa loss, but is that really enough to? I guess it was for them, but like in my opinion, it wasn't enough to take them out. If you beat yeah. the un, like an undefeated Wisconsin team in your conference play, like your conference championship, I feel like those two things should have put them over the hump. I also don't think that the American is that bad of a conference. I think. Did anybody see the UCF Memphis game? I feel like that was no, pretty, that was pretty, pretty good. So yeah. fun. The UCF USF game was fun. Uh, that is, it's not a bad conference. So I mean. I don't know. It's I just, think we're all in agreement here that UCF at least deserved consideration for the playoff. Yeah, yes. and I feel like they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. And like what for else? the Devils, at, for people who think that they don't deserve it because they don't have a shot, which I know that many people have said to me verbatim, I would like to point out to you, January 1st, 2007, at the Fiesta Bowl, Boise State had no shot against Oklahoma, and they beat them. 
Why couldn't that happen in the playoff? I also think that UCF is like legitimately a very good team. Yeah, I agree. Who are they playing? USC. They're playing USC. USC. Uh, oh wait, no, Ohio no, State's playing yeah. USC. Oh, it's Ohio. Sorry. they're playing Auburn. In Auburn the, in okay. the Peach Bowl. Ooh, that might be a tough one for US, UCF though. That's going to be a fun game. Yeah, Ohio State fun. USC will not. I expect Ohio State to blow the doors off USC. Yeah, they're a little mad. I don't know. I just can we all agree that Miami was a fraud team this year? No, fraudulent, fraudulent. No, fraud. you can't say the U is back because they're not in the playoffs. It was fun, but they're fraudulent. They are. They are ten out of top ten teams. They hit a cold streak at the <laughs> worst time of the season. I mean, it is winter time. It's getting there. I mean, it's pretty darn cold. Pretty impressive. They had a cold streak in Miami. That takes work. <laughs> the turn. Did y'all see the video of the turnover chain getting? Uh, Snapped by uh, Clemson. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, they were just, they were like, "This is the real deal." Here we go, and they had the turnover chain, and they clipped it with little uh, little uh, wire cutters. So I'm on Twitter right now, and somebody tweeted, uh, "We now know the three words Luke Skywalker first says to Ray in Star Wars Episode Eight." And somebody quoted it and said, "The three words were no thanks, Tennessee." <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Tennessee job. I have never seen anything like this. A front office bungle something so horribly. I don't know. Turning in a a trade at the deadline. I don't know. (laughs) Trigger warning, Mav. (laughs) Collegiate front office. Yeah, that's where I. I, That's my point. So (laughs) shots. Violation. Shots. Uh, Do can we? Is there a way we can lay this out for people that aren't familiar with what's happening? Let's give a primer. I can yeah. try. Yeah, we can all try. We can all just kind of supplement because I don't know. I don't have it right in front of me, but we can kind of. I mean, see either. It. we can like piece together a timeline. The four of us, I believe. Once so, upon a time, there was this guy named Butch Jones. He was the head Butch coach. Davis. Or no, it's Butch Jones. Butch, Butch Jones. Butch, Butch Jones. Butch Davis. Yeah, here, sir. You're Butch Jones. Yes. Yes. Uh, let me continue my story. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a guy named Butch Jones. He was the head coach of the University of Tennessee football team, and he was a bad coach. He got fired. The first time Tennessee ever went winless in the SEC, right? Since he like, got the belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And not even, like, the belt of life. Not even in a fun way. No. <laughs> but So he was fired. Yes. And so the, the search began for a new head coach who would take up the mantle and try to revive Tennessee to the good days of old. The, the carousel starts spinning. And so... I think there are like there are uh, some names being thrown out for Tennessee. A certain Buccaneers, former Buccaneers head coach, yeah. <laughs> and most of them would have said John, John Gruden. Gruden. And they were like, "Oh my God, John Gruden's gonna coach again! Holy crap! Like he's gonna come to Tennessee." And then Tennessee was like introducing former Buccaneers coach Greg Schiano. <laughs> <laughs> To clarify, at the time, and then still is, I guess now, is the offensive coordinator at Ohio defensive State. Coordinator. Defensive coordinator. At and Ohio he's done State. a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. The Buckeyes defense has been pretty solid pretty this year. But wait, there's more. There's but, more. Well, let's, let's have a little biography on Greciano first. <coughs> uh, Greciano rose to popularity um, after he coached Rutgers to yeah. like a respectable program. Yeah. Um, he never... People say he never did any real real winning, which is kind of true. He 
the highest he ever got was second in the Big Ten, but compared to what Rutgers was and what Rutgers is now, that is a huge step for that program. Um, I'm not sure if he went straight from Rutgers to Tampa Bay, but he meandered and eventually got to Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston was there. Um, didn't he do eating dubs? Uh, not very well because he got fired. <laughs> got fired for Lovey Smith of all people. <laughs> um, also, sometime in his um, coaching lineage, he was an assistant at Penn State University. Um, at the time where Jerry Sandusky was there, and I, if I remember this correctly, a guy told a guy, told a guy, that told a guy that Greg Schiano might know something about the um, Sandusky thing, which is tenuous at best, but take that for what it is. I feel like <clears throat> Tennessee fans were using that as their kind of calling... Yeah, as an as a front for being upset with the fact that Greg she- they felt that Greg Schiano was kind of the bottom, like scraping the bottle of the barrel, like a desperate move for a coach. But not not even just at Tennessee. The main protest started at Ohio State. Students protesting at Ohio State asking for Greg Schiano to resign his position. See, I did not know that. Yes, also, and then Tennessee hopped on the bandwagon. Tennessee also has had. Um, some recent allegations of sexual assault around the um, athletic department. So it didn't come out of nowhere, but it did also feel like Tennessee fans were... If that's true, then it was basically that Ohio State was like, hey, you can't talk to me like that. And then Tennessee came in and was like, yeah, you can't talk to him like that. (laughs) So Greg Schiano doesn't get hired. Well, there was a rumor going around that they actually... That he, he signed, a, he signed did, a contract. He did sign it, but then they not the contract, um, a it? memorandum of ah, uh, not a memorandum of intent, something that is legally binding. That's not technically not a contract, but memorandum of understanding. That's what yes, it is. there it is. Yeah, um, which basically says, "Hey, this is going to be a thing, and if we call it off from this point forward, you're going to owe me money." Yep. And now they may or may not owe Greg Schiano his entire contract without him ever coaching a job, ever coaching a game at Tennessee. So naturally, this looked a little dubious on the part of Tennessee's athletic director. Uh, so in a short amount of time, he gets fired. And so now they've, they've really cleaned house at the University of Tennessee. After somebody sabotaged. Yeah, so, so uh, the plot thickens. <laughs> Apparently what was happening was that uh, everything that the AD did, uh, I don't remember who exactly it was, but they were pretty much blocking everything that they were it trying was, to do. It was Phil Fulmer doing the sabotage. Okay, I don't know what his position officially was, but... I mean, he's just big in the university because he was head coach uh, for the national championship season in 1998. He's okay. he's legendary. He's like the Dean right. Smith of Tennessee football. Okay, so what happened was that he was sabotaging all of the mo- all the hires, the potential hires that this man was trying to make. Yeah, <laughs> and I heard somewhere that it was because he wanted to be AD. So basically, he he like house of cards his way into this man's firing. <laughs> And then I don't know if he's been installed as AD, but yes, he, he has. has. Since then, so Phil Fulmer has became the new uh, uh, athletic director. Full on house of cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a mess. I feel like I read that they have spent $10 million on the coaching search and still have not hired a coach. So is that where it leaves off or is there another? I, I believe that is where we are now. Still searching. 
Uh, they're looking at one of the coaches from USC. I'm looking up his name right now. Was uh, I heard Les Miles' name thrown around? Yeah, like, yeah very yeah, casually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eat that grass. I like Les Miles. Les Miles is one of my favorite coaches in the USC. According to a report is that from my, Scott, is that mine? Is that Manny Miles' dad? Yes. Yes. According to a wow. report from Scott Russell of Football Scoop, I was going to make a Fulmer, joke. I was going to make a joke, but he kept going. So. <laughs> Are you finished? Huh? Sorry. Hey, Colby, you want to talk about something? <laughs> I feel like this is a, we haven't had a conversation in a while. You want to do this right now, right here? Well, Aaron's trying to talk. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> As I was saying, according to a report from Scott Russell of Football Scoop, Fulmer has either spoken to or has plans to meet with the, with five candidates for the vacant Tennessee job. Those names, in no particular order, SMU coach Chad Morris, former LSU coach Les Miles, Auburn defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, Georgia defensive coordinator Mel Tucker, and Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables. And I read that they wanted to have a decision by today. They have not Lol. come to a decision. As of 1026 on December 5th. Still got an hour and a half. Um, Les Miles is a Leslie. Really? I don't know what to do with that information, but I raised my eyebrows like I thought of something. <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't look right in orange. I can only see him in purple and gold. Yeah. This is this is another topic, but I tweeted this out earlier uh, after the college football playoff show, which went on for which went on for about three hours longer than it needed to. Did it really? Yeah, actually, I saw a tweet that was like the college football playoff show is still going on because <laughs> I was watching NFL football like two hours after the fact, and they're like it's still going, and I was like no way, and then I turned and flipped to it, and sure enough, it is still going. Anyway, I was watching that show, and Kirk Herbstreet, man, what are you doing? This man looks like straight up just like an orange, like an Oompa Loompa. He, he was so – because he had just gotten back from the Pac-12 championship. I, no, not the Pac-12. You got back from a late flight somewhere. Dude. This man straight up looked like an Oompa Loompa. This man was orange <laughs> on TV, and it wasn't even – like wasn't even blended into his neck so it looked like he was like it was a white man with an orange face like he was it, it was just unbelievable gotta get a little makeup so he looked alive <laughs> whoever did his makeup needs to be fired fam gotta blend that stuff herm edwards does not know the mascot of his new school <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i feel like we got what we're we talking are we done with tennessee sure i'm done with Tennessee. i forgot that herm edwards actually coached at football <laughs> You play to win the game. It's one of the most iconic quotes. Hello. Yeah, he has. Has he ever coached a team with a winning record? Yeah, he has a losing record, and he has a losing overall record. I'm pretty sure. And he's not coached in over ten years. Slam dunk hire. (laughs) That was a big. That was just a name hire. Honestly, that's going to be amazing. It was. I was honestly confused. I was like, did he go to school at Arizona State or Edwards? Like, is that his alma mater or something? And I don't even think he was trying to avoid the layoffs at ESPN. Probably. He got to the playoffs four of his eight years coaching, head coaching. What about those other four years? Because I know Uh, his overall record is bad: six and ten, four and twelve, four and twelve, two and fourteen. There you go. (laughs) Yes, that'll do it. (laughs) And it will have been 10 years since he coached a football game when he starts coaching. Yeah. And then we got um, Jimbo Fisher. At A&M. At A&M, leaving FSU for uh, Texas A&M. Is he a good coach? Jimbo? Oh, Jimbo. (laughs) I think he's a good coach, but he's also just, 
I think that this is really exposed that he's a scummy guy. Because if you saw what DeAndre Francois tweeted when it came out that Jimbo was leaving, he said, no call, no text, no anything. It would have been nice to hear from you or something like that. This is a little disrespectful. The star player of what's probably a blue blood football program not hearing from the coach himself that he's not leaving. Not blue blood, but they're a Texas football program, so they're going to expect to be competing. No, 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 no. I'm no, saying you about oh, Florida State. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're at least purple blood. <laughs> okay. There might be a tier two, whatever the tier below blue blood is. Purple. 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 Alrighty. Violet. I'm sorry. Every time I hear Jimbo Fisher's name, I think of Treasure Planet. <laughs> like Jim Hawkins. Because oh my God. the cyborg calls him Jimbo. <laughs> Hey, though, <laughs> mid-pod question, uh, trivia question, who is the only ACC team Jimbo Fisher has not defeated while coach at Florida State? North Carolina. Hey. I just don't get why Jimbo would leave Florida State. Well, I heard that um, I was listening to, um, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Dan Levitard. This was, I think this is much too serious to be Dan Levitard. Um <laughs> But they were basically saying that it was basically conflict between Jimbo Fisher and the um, administration at yep. FSU, that they just weren't getting along and they were tired of saying yes to him. They were basically like they were just it, this was the the parent putting their foot down and saying no, like for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they were just getting tired of Jim. It, I think it was as introductory press conference. He was talking about you can be at this great at a great institution with a great team, but. If there's no connection, if there's not like a buying among the administration, it's still going to fall apart. So I think so, he, yeah. he gave a lot of insight into what was happening. I just wish he would just shut up and take the job and go. Like, you don't have to, first of all, you don't tell your star quarterback that you're leaving. Then you have to trash your administration on the way out. And also, the administration helped him get an indoor practice facility. They upgraded the stadium for him. They remodeled. The, the all the football facilities for him. They had plans for a standalone football facility, and he was the sixth highest paid coach in the country. I don't really think that it was him versus the administration. I think he's using that as an excuse. And Florida State is like one of, if not the cushiest non-blue blood football jobs in the country. Like that Wisconsin, that in Wisconsin, I don't know, no other school that isn't a blue blood comes to mind, but those two, like, you're consistently good at football. You own your recruiting area. The fans adore you. It's easy to get eight to ten wins every season. I don't get what he thinks he's going to get at A&M that he didn't have at Florida State. Except a lot more criticism. And a lot more competition. And a lot more money. (laughs) But to the hope (laughs) of Florida State fans, I think they've made a really excellent hire in hiring Willie Taggart from Oregon. He's a very young coach. Uh, He's going to bring a lot of energy and enthusiasm to the job, and I think he's going to be an easy person for the fan base to get around. I just want Oregon to be good again. (laughs) I want to go back to the playoff. Let me pull it. I, I'm pretty, this Jimbo Fisher's contract is fully it's ridiculous. It's fully, it's fully guaranteed, meaning that he could lose every single game in all of his years coaching and still make every single penny. I mean, most contracts are fully guaranteed. That's more of a football problem. I, I've never heard of a what? Hold on. I feel like this is way too big of a like $75 million no, guaranteed that's, contract. That's the number. That's right. Yeah. No, he's going to pay $20,000 a day over that contract. 
but is, that's normal for college football? No, I'm no, saying no. that guaranteed contracts are normal. I know, but 75 million guaranteed? That's not normal. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's 75 million. <laughs> Yay, capitalism. Sorry I'm dying. Yeah, $20,000 a day, pretty much. And he could lose every single game on his way to those. And could get fired like a season in and still gets it. That's crazy. I think what's even more outrageous is lifetime contracts. Like, Coach K has a lifetime contract at Duke, and there have been rumors swirling around the past couple weeks that Michigan is preparing a lifetime contract for Jim Harbaugh. What? What has this man done at Michigan? I mean, to be be fair, he hasn't had a quarterback yet. Also, to be fair, he is, like, the best possible coach they could get. How are you you known as a recruiter and you can't get yourself a quarterback? It's his second year. He's still not playing with his players yet. I feel like if this year he still doesn't have a quarterback, then we have a problem. I think he's the best possible coach for the program. I don't think he deserves a lifetime contract. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Has it really only been two years that he's been there? Yes. Holy balls. Wow. I did not. That felt like way longer. Two years. So, yeah, this will be like, I feel like his first, like, his people. It feels like forever ago that he was at San Francisco. Yeah, it does feel like a while. Right? Ago. It feels like for like when we were like when yelling he, at him for b- benching um, Alex well benching Alex oh, Smith. Oh sorry, for Alex Colin. Smith for Colin. It feels yeah. even longer ago when he was at Stanford. He was the coach there for Andrew Luck, right? He was. Oh, he was. was he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was. Huh. I did not know that. Jeez, time flies. All right. Are y'all done with college football? I've always I've I've been done with college football for a long time, my guy. We're all in a glass case of emotion, literally. So there we are in a very windowy room today. It's very interesting. Anyway, there have been four college basketball game or four UNC basketball games since we last spoke to you. Uh, the Tar Heels have lost to Michigan State. That's an understatement. Um, and then beat Michigan Davidson and Tulane. Tulane. All good wins. What yeah, is besides, a green sorry, wave? Not Michigan State, but like. Is a green wave just a polluted wave of water? It's I, a, I, I don't get it. If it's there's a anyone radioactive tu- wave in Springfield. If there's anyone that goes to Tulane or knows about Tulane that is a listener of us, please tweet at us what a green wave is. Give me a second. So anyways. We are turning into the Dan Levitard show, aren't we? That Michigan I'm State game. That, that was really poor. Really it, poor. The word is just frustrating to watch. Not even it was just a just a brain cramp for everyone all around. I mean, I think it also attributes believe it or not, we get tired. We had played two games in the PK eighty prior to that, and in that short amount of time, this early in the season, especially for our younger players, they're not ready for that kind of a schedule. I mean, our younger, our older guys have been in tournament situations and have those kind of games. But for the young guys, especially hearing how they've been struggling with the conditioning tests, I mean, I don't think they were ready for it. And we looked gassed. We looked really gassed. Yeah, we did look gassed. Uh, and not and let's also give a lot of credit to Michigan State because they are a very excellent. They team. are a long team, yes. and they are very good at defending. Yes, and it, but at the same time. I don't even think they had that style of game. They, when you commit no. 27-something turnovers, it's not that and they, stellar. They didn't shoot the ball very well either, they just, and we still lost. They just sucked less on that particular day. We but, just, you know, we had issues with 
long defenders in the paint, and I feel like our freshmen, they just weren't ready for it. And that's not their fault. I mean, I don't know how many freshmen in the country would be ready for that other than maybe, like, Marvin Bagley. Like, According to TulaneGreenWave.com, <laughs> on October 20th, 1920, Earl Sparling, the editor of Tulane Hullabaloo. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Tulane what? Oh, dear. The Tulane Hullabaloo. Wrote a Is folk- that like the daily Tulane? The yes. daily Green Wave? The Tulane Hullabaloo. <laughs> wrote a football song which was printed in the newspaper. The song was ta- titled The Rolling Green Wave. Although the name was not immediately adopted, it began to receive acceptance. A month later, a report of the Tulane Mississippi A&M game and the Hullabaloo referred... <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Why did they name their paper the Hullabaloo? <laughs> to the team as the Green Wave. I'm on it. <laughs> Fascinating. Our in-studio researcher. <laughs> but uh, despite this bad game, we ended up bouncing back, and we played Michigan back home at the Dome. That game could have gone south. It really quick. Very quickly. That first half, there was not very many missed shots at all. Yeah, I would say not even just the – it was probably the – sorry, hold on. Probably the first 12 minutes – where it was just back and forth, it yes. felt like. because Not because, I don't know if it was bad defense or just like, but we were both pouring it in on offense. It was fun to watch, but my heart almost exploded because everything was going in and I wasn't ready for it. Michigan had that one kid, like Steph Currying it, like from the logo threes, and they were just going in. I think just it was just going shot for shot. But at the same time, we were playing sort of bad defense. But we always are bad defending the threes, so it's kind of like average. Yeah. But we tightened up as the game went on. They ended up shooting um, 29.4% from three at, uh, by the end of the game. And I believe at the under-12 timeout, they were still shooting 100% from the field in the first half. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. So oh my God, what had happened was there was a newspaper at Tulane <laughs> University called the Olive and Blue. Um, some the, olive, people, the olive and blue hullabaloo? Nope, not yet. <laughs> no? The olive and blue, even though that would be a great name. <laughs> um, some students broke off of the olive and blue because they did not like how um, the newspaper was being run in the early 1900s. So they adopted the name the Tulane Weekly, and like everyone started reading Tulane Weekly, so the olive and blue um, dissipated in 1906. On January 16th, 1920, the Tulane Weekly changed its name to The Hullabaloo. This is according to Wikipedia. Hullabaloo is defined as a commotion <laughs> or a fuss. I'm going to start using that word now. Did you not you know what say a hullabaloo that... was? No. Had you never heard that word before? No. Really? We've been schmeckledorfed. You've been what? Yankee. <laughs> I'm straight flabbergasted. I know really, that word. You really have never heard hullabaloo before. No. <laughs> All right, back to basketball. <laughs> Wait, have you really not seen the SpongeBob episode where he's like, we've been schmeckledorfed? No. No? I don't remember that one. Uh, I'm going to have to find it now. Hold on. Y'all keep, y'all, <laughs> we're going to continue with basketball. Y'all keep going. I'm, I'm going to search for this. We An went. example. Remember all the hullabaloo over the golf ball? Oh, come on. That How do you smell Schmeckeldorf? <laughs> <laughs> you could say that the college football playoff reveal was a hullabaloo. I'm just winging it over here, dude. That's not how you use hullabaloo at all. The reaction was a hullabaloo? That's fair. After the Michigan game, we took a nice trip to Charlotte to play Davidson. 
I did not see that game because I was at a jazz concert. Why did we play them at the Spectrum Center? I believe their gym is too small, and they and they knew it was going to be a good crowd, so they moved it to the Spectrum Center. Yep. So it's like UNCG sometimes playing at the Coliseum. Sort of. Mm-hmm. If okay. they know they're going to get a good opponent. Here well, we go. They always play at the Coliseum. No. Copyright issues. You can't play it. Copyright. It's just audio, though. No, then Still our that, episode that. won't exist anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's just audio. This is just audio. Everything You're just audio. This, just, <laughs> act just, audio. just act it out. It's the episode where... Uh, hold on. It's with the... Oh, is it with the pickles? No, 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 no. It's with this the purple guy right here with the... Oh, with... Oh, the health inspector. The health inspector episode. We're oh, going, well, I remember that episode. We've been duped. <gasps> duped. Oh. We've been schmeckledorfed. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Davison hits a lot of threes. Yes, they did. And it was very stressful. Mav is about to kill us all. <laughs> There's about to be a hullabaloo up in here. <laughs> but Davison does shoot and make a lot of threes. Oh, wait, we moved on to Davidson? <laughs> yeah. The would have been home of Luke May. You were just like, yes, we have. Get your crap together, David. <laughs> and I am glad that they didn't like Because then he wouldn't have been my student. Oh, and, is that all? <laughs> Bye, Felicia. And then he wouldn't have been a uh, national player of the year for North Carolina. Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> I was going to say that, David. It's Luke. The force has awakened. Uh, but yeah. I knew that uh, three-point shooting was going to be an issue with Davidson. And they had guys just straight up, even with a hand in their face. Just stroking it. Yeah, just pulling up. They had that one guy that looked like a, like a skinny, bony version of the guy from Rocky III. Um, uh, Dolph Lundgren? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he looked like a, like a really skinny version of Dolph Lundgren. I was going to guess just, Rocky. It was just Trenton. <laughs> Why would I have specifically said Rocky 3? I specifically said Rocky 3, and you were like, oh, are you talking about Rocky? <laughs> Moving on to t- um, the Tulane hullabaloo. I hate us. <laughs> Forget this podcast. <laughs> I'm leaving. Bye, oh, my God. <laughs> this soundboard was the worst idea. <laughs> Uh, we beat Tulane pretty handily. I'm not sure if there's much to say um, about that game. Easily our best defensive performance so far. They dunked on us so bad that Blue Steel freaked out on the bench for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Shea they, stood up like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then sat back down and was like, oh, oh yeah, that's not our player. <laughs> yeah, Luke, Luke got uh, baptized real fast, but <laughs> it's all right. We still won by, like, whatever, uh, like 30. Too many. To all, <laughs> we all won the points. by too many. Roy stopped <laughs> stopped Jalik at the end of the game yeah, from getting from biscuits. Shay said that he will buy the biscuits. <laughs> I knew he was going to take the shot. It's how it happens every time. It's it's Shay rushing in the corner for three to give us biscuits. I fully expected that to hit the backboard, <laughs> like the side of the backboard, like Andrew Playtech did that one time. <sighs> mm. <sighs> I think we look pretty good, and we still don't have Cam Johnson. Yeah. I'm re- I am really excited to see him come back. I don't know how he's going to fit into the rotation. I'm worried that Jalik's going to end up getting even less minutes than he does now. What was se- I think the Tulane game was Jalik's best game so far. Yeah, With uh, Seventh Woods out for a while, 
without a timetable. This is going to be his chance to step up. I think he's the go-to backup point guard, Definitely. true point guard, because I don't, I don't know if Royce really sold on playing Theo at the point. Mm-hmm. That, that was more just a nice little thing to say at the beginning of the season. But Julie has the talent. Oh, of course. And I will not fall into the narrative that some people on Twitter have said that Roy is purposefully holding Jalik back so that he can't get the minutes and so he can't go to the draft. Because no. that's not what no. Roy does. No. He, but he, he's a person. He's going to make sure you put your best out there. Jalik makes really freshman mistakes out there yes. sometimes. And he doesn't really hustle on defense all that much. He's a great offensive player. Like You can tell that he has the skill set to be a great offensive player. I haven't really seen it all on defense yet. I think that right now he's kind of playing a little too within himself, like try, like cognitively thinking a lot, trying to make the right play for Roy. Kind of like Joel Berry did his freshman year. Instead of making, instead of playing basketball. Yeah. The game hasn't come to him yet. The, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's too fast for him right now. Like the game's not coming to him naturally right now. And he's, I think he's just being cautious at the beginning. I think as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more confident in his game, he'll, I think at the end of the season, we'll start seeing flashes of digital league that we saw in mixtapes. He wasn't, Cautious when he uh, blessed that one guy from Stanford. <laughs> from Stanford. He, gave, he gave him the belt. The belt. <laughs> he was not very cautious at that moment. I think that it's just the same thing with what we're talk, what we've been talking about with the bigs. They, he just needs experience. And like with the bigs, I think that Jalik's going to get better as the season goes on, and hopefully he's good when it comes to March. And despite this injury, uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for Jalik to step in seventh place and get those minutes. And so now it's up to him to show his talent for everybody else. And we'll find out tomorrow how everything goes. Yeah. Because we play Western Carolina. Will we beat them by a similar margin in football? <laughs> what will be the higher margin? That's a hard one. Because we beat them by 55 in football. Oh, in football. It's going to be football. Yeah. yeah. If only, though. That'd be great if we got, like, a 70-point victory. If only, if only, the woodpecker size. What? <laughs> the bark of the tree is as soft as the sky. Oh, I thought you were pulling out some, like... <laughs> I've never heard that before. Some, like, it's from holes. Oh. Okay. Here, if we're going to get random, it's from holes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the poem that uh, the so old lady sassy. sings, or he tells Stanley Young as his grandfather sings so he doesn't get cursed. I know what holes is, but I've never seen or read it. I'm sorry. The first thing I thought of when y'all said that was Rolf from Ed and Eddie. <laughs> like, that sounds like something he would say. David boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Oregon lost to Boise State on the buzzer beater. Uh, Notre Dame just lost to Ball State on the buzzer beater as well. All these teams are following. That just means we jump up, boy. Who well, named the school Ball State? Well, Baltimore on State. It. Wait, no, no, sorry. No, it's, it's in, like, not, Michigan sorry, or Indiana. Sorry, no, 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 it's in Indiana. Sorry, I literally went to Ball State. Sorry. Um, I don't know why it's Ball State, actually. Now that I think about it, I, I don't know why I thought it was Baltimore, but... It reminds me of my fantasy league team, Ball So Hard University. On July 25th, 1917, the Ball Brothers Industrialists and founders of the Ball Corporation acquired the foreclosed Indiana Normal Institute for $35,100. Do they have... And do get, the Ball Brothers have descendants... Uh, that are located in the L.A. area. Oh, dear. I'm on it. <laughs> can we talk about what? Like, can we look back to UNC fo- uh, football, Ooh. basketball real fast? Lucius ball. <laughs> Lucius. Um, 
So is it okay? So can we just talk about the freshman bigs for a second? So Sterling Manley, in my opinion, the lotto pick, the lotto pick, has the biggest upside out of all of the three freshman big men. I'd agree with that. He's the tallest. He's the rangiest, and I feel like he's. I don't want to say most explosive, but I feel like he's. He could probably score better than any of the three big men. Like I think he could be the most consistent out of all of them. And, and I feel like he's the best rebounder of the three. Yeah. As far as like positioning, Brandon Huffman is really raw. He's the most explosive. But he could just clean up the glass. He can jump out of the gym. Yeah, he can. He could be very good at cleaning up the glass right now. And I think you said he's going to be a Joel James, but I think he'll be better than Joel James. He's literally number forty-two. He got rock hands. He does have rock hands, but yes, still. he does. Like it's it's, it's whoever wears the number. He has limited basketball experience. The uh, was Inside Carolina posted the article talking about like he had a he has less time playing basketball than most people. So it's a similar Joel James storyline because he didn't start playing till high school. I'd say he's like. A Joel James position wise, but he's also got some JP Tokido in him because he is yes. insanely athletic. No, like, like he can make savage blocks and he can shake the rim. Like that is really fun to see when yeah. he dunks. You're like, oh, you're preparing yourself for it because that thing's he's gonna break a rim because that dude's slamming it. And then we got Garrison, who, in my opinion, doesn't do anything great, but does everything. Okay. Like, he's not particularly explosive. He's the jack of all trades. He is an okay rebounder. He's not the greatest. I feel like Sterling is better in that point. He's a pretty decent defender. I think he's won defensive player the the game honors a couple times already. Yes, he has. Um, has an okay touch around the rim. I just... Yeah, he doesn't really have that, like, that many weak spots. They're... All of their weak spots is catching the dang ball. Good lord! Yeah. Oh, none of them can catch. Hey, some of the best free throwing bigs that we've free throw shooting bigs that we've had in a long yeah. time. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Cool. Yeah. Well, I just want to talk about them for a second because it's been nine games. The- been nine games. I feel like we can get a good rounded idea of how they are. And they were talking to Theo today about it, and he said, "Like, if you told me we we're eight and one." That, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're, that's better than I thought we were going to if be. If you this remember point. last year around this time, I feel like, I think we lost to Indiana pretty handily around this time. in Assembly Hall, and we were all freaking out back then. I feel and look how that right now. turned out for us. All right, on to NFL action. Let's start with the Titans. The Tennessee Titans were victorious this week in a divisional battle with the Texans. We won twenty four thirteen. It looked really close near the end. Uh, it came down to a fateful drive. Uh, the Texans ended up marching all the way down uh, to their end zone and ended up getting picked off. Tom Savage finally had to get intercepted because it's Tom Savage. Uh, but there was one frustrating point of the game where w- the Texans linemen got not one, not two, but three false start penalties in a row on fourth down. They went from fourth and four to fourth and 19, and they converted. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was just really stressful. But we got the pick. And then Derrick Henry, who is just a straight-up savage, ended the game with like a 75-yard touchdown. He did that earlier against the Colts where he put it away in a similar fashion. But I guess you can't leave any doubt. But now we are, are again, 
and first in the AFC South, and hopefully with a few more weeks we'll finally have our first playoff berth since I think 2010. Remember when the Panthers used to have long runs of more than like 10 sorry, yards? What? It's been been 84 years <laughs> since we've had a long run. Y'all just got to tighten up a little bit. No, what we need to do is run on the outside with Christian McCaffrey and stop pitching it to Jonathan Stewart. Um, That's Mr. Rock Hands for football. The, the, the thing, My thing with the Panthers is that when we lose, we look horrible. Like, yeah. when we win, we look dominant. When we lose, we look like, like we, look what like are we, doing we on might lose field? to the Browns. I will say Alvin Kamara. Kamara? Kamara? Kamara. Mm-hmm. Kamara is... The real deal. He's a great rookie running yes, he back. Is. He's going to be a force. Great pass catching. Uh, great at passing or catching passes out of the uh, backfield. Um, and also an aggressive runner. Um, but a lot of the mistakes that we had were because of missed tackles. I understand that he's a strong guy. But we shouldn't have people like Kurt Coleman missing tackles like that. Wrap up. So it was just a lack of execution. And then just... I'm starting to get to the point where Mike Shula needs to go. But if it doesn't happen, then Ron Rivera needs to go with him. Yeah. It's getting to that point. Because I'm tired of hearing the words missed opportunities every single do- after every single loss. Also, Taysom Hill is now my most hated NFL player. The, the tiny, tiny little white kid that was blowing up every special teams play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, quarterback, that Gruden was. <laughs> oh no, 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 it was um, who was calling that game? Joe Buck. Joe Buck was like, oh, I can't stand Taysom fant- Hill. Fantasizing over. Oh, hate Taysom Hill. Anyway, Browns, we lost. Josh Gordon's back though. He looked pretty good. Flash. I'm really excited to see him play because he said that. In his last NFL stint, every game he played, he was either drunk or high. And he still put up like 200 <laughs> And he was, he was still the best receiver in the league. That was his edge. That was his edge. Well, nobody had put up more than 85 yards on the Chargers all season, and he put up 85 yards. Secondary anchored by Trey Boston. <laughs> Lockdown defender. Trey Boston out of Carolina. Elsewhere around the league. Oh, what is happening to the Giants? Exactly what they deserve. <laughs> the Giants are the Tennessee of the NFL. Did y'all see the before and after pictures of, um, Bob, is it Bob McAdoo? Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. See, I already forgot his name. Bob, Bob McAdoo Bob. was my dad's friend. Bob played for the North Carolina Tar Heels. That's right. That's yeah. where I'm getting at it. James for- Michael McAdoo's great uncle. Something. Or grandfather. He grew up behind my dad in Greensboro. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool story. Anyway. Ben McAdoo. so sarcastic. Like, I know that you meant that genuinely, but that sounded so No, sarcastic. no, no. I genuinely meant it. <laughs> it's an avocado. Thanks. Thanks. No, but uh, Ben McAdoo, there's a before and after picture of him before, while he was the uh, offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then after he got the head coaching job, and it's like the the high school drama where the nerd gets the like gets the ladies and starts being the cool kid and then everything falls apart because he like slicked his hair back and would wear shades inside. <laughs> Look, you can't like, have, if that's your head coach, he he gotta go. He gotta go. <laughs> this man looking like he's coming out of the breakfast club. <laughs> <Indeed>. Just fat. <laughs> 
Ended Eli's streak for no reason. Other yeah. than he's starting this week. <laughs> did you really? Did they really think that Gino was gonna do better than Eli? No, I don't. I don't think so. Eli's not, Eli's not the problem. <laughs> so I don't understand what that move was for. Even though Bomani Jones did say, I'm not sure if Eli Manning is the best bad quarterback or the worst good quarterback. <laughs> I'm convinced that Jameis Winston is Eli Manning, but just swap the Super Bowl for a Heisman. Jameis is bad, and Eli's bad too. For a mobile quarterback, Jameis Winston looks he's like he's not a mobile he's quarterback. Got, he looks like he has cement feet. He's no, a college. Mobile, he's mo- a, he's a college mobile quarterback. Mobile quarterback, but literally just because he's black, like he <laughs> gets labeled as a mobile quarterback. That's the only reason he gets labeled as a mobile quarterback, and that sucks. <laughs> Because yeah. it's like, ah, you are a young African African American male. You must <laughs> run as a quarterback. Like, well, he was good as a mobile quarterback in college, but I think that's also just he was smart, and so he knew when to run. Yeah, I mean, now he's just like Big Ben, just like shaking off <laughs> people hanging off oh, his shoulders. Man. Yeah. Speaking of Big Ben and the Steelers, what was that mess of a game? Segways. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love it when we do that. That was. That was a that was a body bag game. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> First off, like I was extremely worried for Ryan Chazier after that injury. Like that yeah. like it was silent in there. And like that's one of those things like that could ruin your career. Apparently he's had movement in his lower yeah. extremities. And that, and I'm yeah. so happy about that because yeah. that could have been a very bad I mean that's one of the injuries you see it happen and you're like you immediately know, like, that's... That's his back. That's bad. That's really bad. Because you saw him kind of bunch up, because he led with the crown of his head, and he kind of bunched up into one spot and then just didn't move. Yeah. And then, like, he looked down he looked down at his legs and then, like, held his head, and I was like, oh, oh no. no. Yeah. 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 That was horrible. But, you know, even if he never plays again, if he can, like, walk again, like... Yeah. Be happy, because that could yeah. have been catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he had movement in his arms. Yeah. yeah. And they're saying getting that in the 24 to 48 hour period is crucial to being able to regain that kind of movement. So, like, my thoughts are completely with him and his family. But it seemed like from what I was watching NFL Live today, and they were saying that he's in very good spirits. Uh, Again, the movement, he's been able to get that back. And so, hopefully, he's able to recover from that. Um, Friend of the pod, Hannah at Hello Heloise, tweeted an Onion article to us. Football saved my life, says man who will be left paralyzed by sport. Oh, no. (sighs) But someone who I thought also could have been paralyzed, Juju Smith-Schuster, absolutely clocked Montez Burford. I don't care what anybody says. That was a clean hit. No, I don't care what anybody. No, that was a peel back block. That was a clean hit. Everyone's no, just a wimp. But Everyone's just wimpy. Like if we see, that's, a, the, that's the problem with football, right there. Yeah. It was no. a clean hit. Here. That was a block to play devil's advocate. If we look at something like what Gronk did, and in, in the Bills game where he literally like elbowed a dude that was already down, mm. that's a dirty play. But Juju was blocking. Making now, a block was it running? Was play. it very forceful? And did he hit him straight with the crown of his helmet? Absolutely, you and can't then did block he block back towards the line of scrimmage? That's a peel back block. Or we could not be wimps and have some good hearty football. I'm just I'm joking. Apparently, like I, well, I, I st- know you are. I still I'm think still upset about. It. I know you know I'm just messing with you now. <laughs> 
But I mean, and even uh, Vontez even had to get carted off the field with that, and that was another scary injury to see because yeah. he went down and he had like he got knocked out like with the arms going up and everything. Mm-hmm. You know how that happens when like have you seen that in UFC? Yeah, and like the arms go up, like you know he got knocked out. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen uh, Vontez Perfect give his fair share of um, dirty hits, especially the one that comes to mind is the the helmet to helmet hit against Antonio Brown that concussed him for the playoffs. Yeah. Last year, um, so it's hard to feel any sympathy for Perfect. I don't, I don't, I don't wish anything upon him. Like I hope he's okay, but to say that he did not deserve a hard hit <laughs> is an understatement. Oh no, I hate Vontaze Perfect. I think he's the dirtiest player in the league. Yep, without a doubt. Did y'all actually happen to see? It was a little bit lesser known moment, but Antonio Brown when he caught a touchdown, and he got hit in the head too. Straight up helmet to helmet after yeah. the contact, or like after he caught the touchdown, just. Straight up, I saw that it. too. That was the player. Hit, both him and Juju got suspended for. A game oh, that for was the other hit. I was, was wondering what the other yeah. hit was. Okay, straight out, just laid out for Antonio Brown's head. Yeah, mm-hmm. but th- that that it's really turning into a hard nosed rivalry in the NFL. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do not like each other, man. Titans next week. Uh, we played the Arizona Cardinals. I guess that's Turner's team, right? Yes, I guess. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, we have the... Vikings. Oh, Jesus. Right? That's what I said. <laughs> it's the beginning of our three-game home stretch. Got to win it. We haven't really, we got to win all three. We haven't beaten the Vikings at home since 2009. We've really got to win all three. To make the playoff. I know, yeah. We really do. Unless something catastrophic happens at the top, at the top of the NFC. Yeah. We need to win out. I don't know if we have to win out, but we have to win three of our next four. That's the end of it. I think if we win three of our next four, it's like, I don't know if everything's going to be in our hands. Like, it's not going to be all up to us. It'll be 11 and five. I know, which sounds great, but I don't know what the water, like what the, what, who put something in the water in the NFC, but everyone is just like between the Vikings and the Eagles and apparently now the Falcons are good again and then the Seahawks who beat the Eagles and it's like meanwhile at the bottom of the AFC who's who are the Browns losing to this week we have the Packers <laughs> could be a winnable game don't don't kid yourself <laughs> Packers without Rodgers you don't think we could beat them Brett Hundley looked Brett Hundley, really good he threw for 85 yards and they still won <laughs> whoa now <laughs> he's not bad Someone made the joke that Aaron Rodgers... Would you Rodgers take Hundley or would you take Geno Smith? Okay, that's like, would you like a slightly, like, bad... Would you like a Raisin Bran cookie or would you like to eat sandpaper? <laughs> uh, I mean... I, give me... Give me a, then what is what are the Browns quarterbacks? Bad. Like, if, if Geno's sandpaper, good Lord, what are the Browns actual something else that's brown? Someone, I really, I really wanted Green Bay to lose. I need Green Bay to lose because I think I need their season to be over yeah, and shut down. That's what I'm saying because Aaron Rodgers is eligible to come off of IR Week 15 against the Panthers. Yes, please beat the Packers. If Aaron Rodgers comes back against the Panthers, I'm literally going to die <laughs> because come. you know who has something to prove to get into the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Come to the AFC South. It's nice over there. We have us, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. Yeah. Yo, what happened to the Chiefs? 
I have no idea, but it's real bad. It's, remember when I said that they were plummeting and nobody believed me? I believe you now. Now you believe me. Like, and that's that's one of the, you can't even explain that. They just 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 look bad. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They haven't lost players. They still have everyone there, don't they? I think they just lost their edge. Halfway through the season? What? That wasn't even halfway through the season, I feel like. I don't know. It was, was like, like after six weeks. Did Andy Reid's walrus powers like run out? <laughs> Didn't that happen a few years ago where I think it was one of his first years coaching the yeah. the Chiefs where they started out like 7-2 and two or something like that, and then they just fell apart? Legitimately, it looks like the Monstars came out and took their like took all the talent off of the Chiefs. We should move on from the NFL. Bill Belichick meditated and took all of the Chiefs' talent and put it back in the Patriots with five foot eight white receivers that catch everything. Let's talk about movies. What movie specifically? Get out. No, you get out. No, you get out. I don't want to get out. You get out. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is a heck of a hullabaloo going on right now. Who at this table has seen Get Out besides me and David? Me. Uh, so this is my first time watching it because I don't like being scared. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm white, but I didn't think it was that scary. That was... You know what frightened me the most? The police at the end. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, spoiler alerts. Did you watch the I'm alternate just... ending? Yes. No. Oh, you got to watch so, the well, alternate before, ending. Before, if you haven't seen Get Out, go see it right now. And skip... Three minutes ahead. Three-ish minutes. So when she was taking her boyfriend around, like during that little, their little party, mm-hmm. and they were talking to all of the, uh, like the guests, that part physically stressed me out. <laughs> like nothing was happening, but like, I was like, holy crap. Oh, like, I was fine during that. I was like, ah, oh, dang it, white people. That's like Thursday for me. Like, <laughs> I know, but it's like, I've been in that, not, not specifically with like my girlfriend or anything, but I've been in those situations where I just, I had to continually introduce myself to like all these white old people in this room and like, hope like, I don't know, get racially insensitive questions. I don't know. No, like I, that's like the most, that was the most true to life moment that I was like, Oh my God, like this is stressing me out because I've been there. Awkwardly bringing up Barack, awkwardly bringing up, um, Tiger Woods, like, Ah uh, yes, do you frequent the maracas, David? <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> do you frequent? <laughs> that needs to be your Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to figure out how to word that. One. Um, this movie was unrealistic. There is no black person that is that curious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple times where I was like, dude, like, <laughs> you're putting up with this white chick way too much right now. <laughs> I like how Rod was like the black dude at every movie theater. Just like telling us, like, don't go he's, to that woman's house. He's the hero we deserved and needed. Rod, that TSA training. <laughs> TS, ma, F, and A. <laughs> we get stuff done. <laughs> how did the Asian dude get invited to the cookout? I have questions. 
Are you talking about the Asian dude that was with the, all the white people? Yes. So that's actually like I read something about that about why there was um, specifically an Asian man in um, like with all of the people there, and that's uh, apparently like not to like put everything like in black and white terms like like with no pun intended, but like um, apparently among some circles like there are some very like there's some harsh feelings about with some like older Asian like members of society, like society that have like kind of harsh feelings towards like other minorities. Uh, hmm. And like some people have experienced racism from older Asian people, not to say to everybody, but like there are some people that I know personally that have had that experience. Why is there no HDTV in that basement yet? Why are we still looking on this CRT? Yeah, right. Like <laughs> CRT at, screen. About to watch some Looney Tunes out here. <laughs> um, but honestly, the music is great. Um, the cinematography. The word I used was purposeful. Yeah. Um, the writing was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like everything that people said about this movie, like I can see it now. Yeah, I'm also now afraid of deer. So congratulations! It was worth the hype. The symbolism and everything in there was like very palpable. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, it's just a harrowing movie. Some like to watch sometimes. Like sometimes, like I feel like nothing was like overly like gory or like meant to like freak you out. It's just like, it was like an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, it's where it's like just un- realistic enough. It's unnerving. Mm-hmm. Just realistic enough that it's. It gets to you. Yeah. Where, like, you could see something like that happening in the very near future. There are some fan theories I want to talk to y'all about after the show. Um, and yeah. if you want to talk to me about them, hit me up on Twitter at Colby Complaints. Yeah. And it, I just thought it was a really good examination of racism in different facets, not just conventional yes. racism. Racism from people who claim to be allies or people from, like, you know, it, it did explore racism from, like, white Democrats, like, Mm-hmm. People, you know, I don't know. I, I would, found it extremely interesting. I wish I would have saw this in the theater full of black people. That would have been yeah, hilarious. Man. It would have been so funny. I mean, when I was watching with my parents the other day, like when that last and during that last scene when the cop car pulls up, everyone's everyone's mind went to the same place. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's it's one of those moments where you're just like, no, like it would end like this, like. Mm-hmm. But then um, my boy pops out. I was going to ask you who you watched it with. I want to see if you watched it with your girlfriend. <laughs> I have not watched it with Lauren. Um, Don't go to that girl's house. Love you, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Her mom's actually a very nice person, and actually that might make it worse, so she might be, like, prepping me for something. <laughs> actually, never mind. I love you, Miss Lisa. <laughs> you call your girlfriend's mom Miss Lisa? Yes. Get out. <laughs> Moving on to your questions. Uh, first one from Sandra at Sandra Says Stuff. How do you organize apps on your phone? Do you have, like, folders? Or are they just free-floating? Like, how, how do you do so, this? So I used to be, like, really intense about organizing the apps on my phone, and every app had a folder. And I still have those folders, but I haven't put stuff in folders in a long time because I just downloaded a lot of apps and, like in a short period of time a while ago, and I never moved them around because it's super annoying to move stuff, to move a lot of stuff on the iPhone. So now I have folders, but I also have stuff just sitting there. I try to keep, like, the apps that, like, come on the phone, like, out 
out of folders and the ones that I download in folders. That's my general rule. So, like, all my social media is in a folder. All of my games are in a folder. All of my utilities, like my maps, my tuner for my instrument, <laughs> my metronome is all in the folder. Sports are in the folder. That stuff. I do alphabetical order. It's just easier that way. I like to keep all my navigational stuff in one place. Um, I put stuff like Dropbox and like notes uh, or in like reminders in one spot. Um, and then sports, uh, I'll put in one spot. For music, I put, I have a music folder, but it's for like, like band things, like a tuner, a metronome, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a music library that I can access from UNC. And then uh, I also have my podcast in there for some reason, but. I have listening stuff, so I have like my I have like the music app, the Spotify app, podcast, and Audible all in a folder. Together. I have those in my folder labeled iPod. All my social media apps are free, are like just kind of free floating. That stresses me out. Along with Reddit. <laughs> um, next question from a Bang Pinoy, Josh. Love you, Josh. Um, if you want to hear me and Josh talk about literally everything, mostly Maze Runner. Um, listen to the Great Mates podcast coming out on December 9th. Um, but he asks, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Expound. Uh, it just is. Did it, did <laughs> there's, there's that Aaron logic again. <laughs> Analysis. Why is it not a Christmas movie? I've never seen Die Hard, so I don't know. I mean, the events of the movie... Take place. Over Christmas. Over Christmas. Merry Christmas. Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? More. S- yeah. Yes. Exactly. Is, so Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Is, thank Sor- you. It's a Sorcerer's Stone a Christmas you're movie. Ready, you're, yes. ready to, you're ready to go all out <laughs> to defend Die Hard. Yes. yes. Yeah. Is the Sorcerer's Stone a Christmas movie? There's, uh, there's literally a scene that is like about Christmas. In so it. yeah, the, so there's like a, a scene that's about is it, but like is the whole I, I don't actually remember the time. They say the Happy Christmas, and that's where he gets the invisibility cloak. <laughs> I know this. Yes, I but the movie's it. not centered around Christmas. Die Hard. It takes place at a Christmas party. But why would they even bring up Christmas? They could just go through the holiday. Because it doesn't make sense for him to get a gift on not Christmas unless he's Jewish, in which case it would be a Hanukkah movie. He could have a birthday. Under your logic. He could have a birthday. He could have a birthday. Colby, can you research when Harry Potter's birthday is? Sure. But what if his birthday is over the summer? Well, J.K. Rowling made it for a reason. So why would she put in Christmas if she didn't want it to be a Christmas? So are the rest of them Christmas movies? I feel like if Kenzie is listening to this, she's having a stroke because no, she's probably like, I know everything ones that you're don't have Christmas about. aren't. <laughs> Harry's Potter, Bur- Harry Potter's birthday is July 31st. What year? Yeah, his birthday's over the summer, so it wouldn't have made sense for him the to 80s. get the invisibility the cloak 80s. before he was a wizard. I, I don't know the exact days in the 80s. That's okay, though. don't worry about it. Um, so yes, Dyer's a Christmas movie. From at Annie Rindle. Or any underscore Randall, one of those you can find her. <laughs> um, underrated college rivalry. It was also asked earlier by somebody, but I don't remember who. Brighton. Oh, love you, Brighton. Wait, was it not Brandon Wheeler? Oh, was it Brighton or Brandon? It was Brandon. It was Wheeler. Brandon. Okay, never mind. Oh, he's gonna oh, be Brandon's really mad. You. Oh, he's gonna be really <laughs> mad. No, I'm sorry. Tar underscore wheels. Hey, I got you, Brandon. Underrated college rivalry. So I responded to this on Twitter. I'm sorry, Brandon. I didn't see your uh, when you uh, 
this question. I'm sorry. Um, I said Xavier Cincinnati <laughs> is a really underrated one. It is vicious. It is. I think it's gotten really a lot of traction over the past couple has, of years. But I feel like if you ask like a like a like a standard a t-shirt fan, yeah, yeah. If you ask like a casual college basketball fan, one that kind of casually turns it on and then really turns it on in like March, um, like February, March ish. Um, then they would say like UNC Duke, Kentucky, uh, Louisville, like those kind of rivalries. Um, but Cincinnati Xavier, I feel like they, every time they get on the court together, they want to square up with each other. Coaches included. I mean, even this past game that they had, there was a ton of drama. Yeah, um, like the player telling the um, so, other so, coach to f off. Yeah, so what, what happened was that Xavier was was beating Cincinnati and ended up winning the game, and um, I think they were the underdog in that game. And uh, the the head coach for Cincinnati was like, "I've never had a player tell me to f off three times. This is disrespectful. Like if they he plays again, blah blah." blah and like is like foaming at the mouth. And then Xavier's coach comes out. He's like, "I'm that's not my guy. That's my." He's <laughs> like, "That's I'm not going to let the narrative be that my guy." Just unwarranted, like just told him to f off for no reason. Like I love that he he defended his guy, and he was like, you know, the Cincinnati coach got a technical, and they didn't say why. He didn't say why, but he seemed to imply that it was because he said something to that player, and maybe instigated that kind of argument in some sort of way. Um, and he mentioned a situation in which he had an interaction with Lance Stevenson when he was at uh, Cincinnati. Who doesn't though? Um, and uh, Lance Stevenson uh, said some expletives to the coach, but at the end of the game, they still shook hands. And he was like, just basically, he was telling the other coach to stop being a little wuss and stop trying to drag up drama, pretty much. I like rivalries with names, and I think that clean old fashioned hate is a great name for a rivalry. Is that what theirs is called? That's Georgia, Georgia Tech. Oh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Clean old fashioned hate. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> is Syracuse UConn considered underrated? Did you see the score of the game today? I'm. A, I'm I did not actually. Of today, I think it's different, but especially a few years ago with the six overtime game, I feel like that was like at the like Kimba. back back like when Syracuse was a part of the Big East. Didn't didn't um, Syrac- somebody said that Syracuse Duke is a rivalry? No, it's not. I don't think it is either, but some no. people keep saying Duke it. Maryland. I'll call a rivalry. Like, that was fun yeah, back yeah. when Maryland was in the ACC. My two big up and coming rivalries that I'm big fans of, both in Florida, the war on I four between UCF and USF, and the Shula Bowl between FAU and FIU. <laughs> the Shula Bowl. Go it, Owls! Hoo, hoo. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you are Greg Cody. Cody, <laughs> two gods combined. Uh, if UCF and USF stay good and they stay scoring like that, that's going to be a fun rivalry in the coming years. UCF has a guy on their team who is missing a hand, and I really want his American Conference Championship ring to be a bangle that he puts on his wrist. <laughs> that's really horrible. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. Yikes. I want to know if he has a hook. For his other hand. Moving on <laughs> to trivia this week. Have you never seen Arrested Development? No. <laughs> One of the characters loses a hand and he gets a hook. How did we do in trivia this week? We I, beat them, didn't we? I believe so. We're claiming a victory. 
this week's trivia question. Here, wait. So, let's give them credit because they got the team name right. They got they won best team name. I so there's what the team name was. Uh, we can't say it. They like their uh, areolas cold and something else warm or something. I never remember what it was. Who, who is it? I missed. I was looking at the Twitter. Whatever. <laughs> just, so just, the just, trivia question. LeBron James's career average is 27 points, 7 assists, and 7 rebounds. Which is And so 27-7-7 and seven in a game is known as a LeBron. How many times in LeBron James's career has he had exactly a LeBron? 27 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, no more, no less. If you know the answer, tweet it at us, at NeverMadePod. And if you are the first person to correctly answer, you will get a shout-out on next week's, next week's podcast and a firm handshake from Mav. I don't think this one is as hard as last week, so there will not be a hug. My apologies. I have a couple things to say at the end. Um, thank you to everybody who bought a ticket um, from my links. My group won our group um, challenge, group assignment. Woo! Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. That really means a lot. Um, Call that an easy A, boy. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you want to play HQ Trivia, is a new trivia app where you can win real life money um, if you answer 12 straight questions, right? If you want to play the game, I believe right now is Apple only. Uh, download the app and use referral code COLBYCOMPLAINTS, all one word. Give you are life. self-advertising yourself. I play that too. I don't know my referral code. When I figure <laughs> it out, I'm going to tweet it and you should sign up using mine too. What do you get for referring people? An extra life. So if you get a question wrong, you keep going. That's so not fair. But only one per game. That's still not fair. Anything else? Finals week. Finals week. It is coming. Will we have a show this week? I'm good to do a show. I'm fine with it. We should be back to our regularly scheduled showing. But the next episode after that. It's two episodes from now. Three hour long Star Wars special (laughs) extravaganza. As we've told many times before, the four of us have tickets to go watch The Last Jedi. And Carla. And Carla as well. So we will be going to watch the film Thursday night at the early release and then doing a review podcast of the film. So it will be a little bit different. It will be very fresh. For all you Star Wars fans, that might be the one for you. We'll we'll have both a spoiler and a non-spoiler review. So if people haven't been able to see it yet... They can get a little bit of taste of what happens. Maybe get a nice, nice little primer if people who are still undecided. But I can tell you this: we are all freaking hype for Star Wars. This is a long episode. I'm so hype I could talk for seven more minutes and make it an hour and a half long episode. I'm still pure. I have homework to do. That is due. Oh, I have only two minutes. <laughs> full blown assignment that is uh, that's due tomorrow morning that I have. You not have homework started. to at eleven fifty five. Yes, that's so weird. Um. But if you'd like to find us, you can find us at nevermadevarsity.podient.co. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Five stars, please, if you anything you like. Or anything you like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you to Jake for the theme music, and we will see you next week. Bye, Felicia. <laughs>